it's, it's so nice to be with you. Um, I was confessing to somebody, I've actually never been to the Christmas brunch before, so it's like extra special to be here. Um, and it's fun to think about Colossians and Christmas and um, Advent and getting ready. So um, here we are. Have you ever pulled out a grocery cart and found someone else's shopping list in it? This is like my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> you read kidney beans, ground beef, onion, canned tomatoes, chilies, and you know what someone is having for dinner. Um, maybe you find apples, cheese, deodorant, paper towels, carrots, evaporated milk, noodles, scotch tape, bread, laundry detergent, that was mine from yesterday, um, <laughs> which I'm like, shoot, I still need to go back to the store after this. Um, <laughs> but I am a list maker. I think they're like very practical, but also very beautiful in a weird sort of like, it's like a really short, sort of disorganized snapshot journal entry of life. Um, you have this just moment in words scribbled on a piece of paper, which is why it's so fun to find someone else's list, because it's like a peek into a stranger's life. Um, my lists organize my days, and sometimes like the little pieces of my day, so you have like multiple lists for your one list going, um, and sometimes they go on the back of an envelope or random paper from my purse, and sometimes on my bulletin during the sermon, um, <laughs> which now you will know when you see me that I'm not, in fact, taking notes, but I'm probably writing a list of some sort. Um, but the perfect thing for a list is a post-it note. So I have, like, smaller ones in this. I also, for work, I have these, like, huge ones that I plan the whole month on, and I love them. Um, I would highly recommend the giant post-it note if you are looking for one. Um, and I have brought you a special Christmas gift. Everyone gets two post-it notes today. So. I guess if you need an extra one, you can, but I kind of want them back. (laughs) So, these are gifts, but they also have a specific purpose. Um, One is for your list. If you have groceries that come into your mind in the next 20 minutes or errands, something, consider this your personal bulletin for the morning. Um, The other one has a purpose at the end for things Paul tells us about Christmas, so save save one. You have to have a short list for the <laughs> um, 
I will also confess that as much as I love my lists, that sometimes my life feels like just lists after lists after lists, one after the other, and I'm just toggling back and forth between them, trying to stay on top of whatever's next. So, okay, stick the post-it note off, put it back on. You, I have the home family checklist that you are familiar with probably, with the papers to sign for school, and then like to make another list of the things that you said you would do and the things that you said you would bring when you showed up at those places, because I kept, it's like Christmas time, and I keep sending those papers back and being like, what did I say I would bring? <laughs> um, laundry on the list, groceries on the list, more papers to sign for school, more, la- I feel like the home list is just like, you move it to the bottom, comes to the top. Uh, I have my work checklist, which does live on that giant post-it note. Um, so it's my university list, which most of my time is spent editing our online space. Um, and so it looks like read through the Advent articles and track down that one person who has not yet submitted her piece, even though we have started Advent. Um, <laughs> Find pieces for our weekly newsletter. Follow up with a potential new author. Hop on a call about doing the holidays with joy. (laughs) The other side of my work checklist is kind of the opposite sphere. Um, I have ended up teaching at the preschool my kids went to two mornings a week. And that's a long story. But that list is like make Play-Doh, cut out paper trees out of manila paper, remove labels from yogurt jars so kids can glue stuff to them for Christmas gifts. And it's a beautiful and full life. But as Christmas looms, we add another list to flip. Uh, Make your Advent wreath. Buy a tree. Find the boxes of decorations. The school parties, those papers. The church party, the neighborhood party, the work party. Buy gifts, wrap gifts. Figure out if it is too late to mail the gifts across the country. (laughs) Consider new gifts with Amazon Prime. Bake cookies. Actually, light the candles on the Advent wreath. <laughs> Have deep reflections on the meaning of Christmas. Ponder the mystery of the Incarnation. Appreciate the beauty of God's work in history and deep love for the world. Some things on that list are sort of checkable, and some things I look at and long for, and sometimes they don't make it actually on the to-do list that is the one I'm working from. I just end up on a mission to check things off the list, tired, but missing for the things I actually hope for. I end up making it through, but not really doing it. So here we are at the beginning of Advent again, and I'm looking for another way through, or maybe not through. Maybe the goal is a new way, one that isn't quite so focused on getting through. I still want a tree and cookies and to mail gifts to my sisters and my sweet new nephew, um, those things are part of a good Christmas. I even want to go to school to make that graham cracker gingerbread house and to send in one potato so that the entire school can make soup together. Truly, one potato. <laughs> um, but I also long to have a real sense that God is with me in these things and a real sense of what we're really celebrating at Christmas. There's good news of great joy. There's God with us. How do I actually get those things to my list? Well, the letter to the Colossians has something to say here, as you all know, since you've been reading it. Um, Not about list making, but about what happened when Jesus became a person 
and what difference that makes in the world and in my life and your life of checklists. Paul's words will be familiar to you, but listen to chapter 1. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Excuse me. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Then, moving to chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity let the peace of christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful let the message of christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, that is fresh in our ears. I'm just going to skip ahead or back, I don't know, um, to the story of Jesus' birth from Luke. So, keep listening. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, 
which were just as they had been told. Do you hear the similarities? Good news. Jesus was born as a baby, a human. It's like perfect timing. <laughs> so this this birth sorry, sweet girl. <laughs> this changes the whole world. Jesus' birth. Therefore, there are things that we who have heard this news are called to do. So listen again to what Paul says. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Once you were alienated from God, but he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body. Do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Paul is convinced that Jesus' physical body, that baby born in a manger, makes a big difference in the world, and that it ought to make a difference in my life too. This is the message of Christmas. This is the good news. The creator of the universe, in whom all things hold together, was made like us, is here with us. One of the church fathers, Athanasius, wrote about the incarnation and why it is so important. He wrote about the creator of the world, becoming a human so that we could become like him. This is the thing that I really want to put on my checklist, that I really want to get during Advent, the thing that I want to let sink into my mind and heart. Here's what he says. You must understand why it is that the word of the Father, so great and high, has been made manifest in bodily form. He has not assumed a body as proper to his own nature. Far from it, for as the word, he is without body. He has been manifested in a human body for this reason only, out of the love and goodness of his Father for the salvation of us. What is the good news of the gospel? You are so, so loved. And Paul says, because we are so loved, we are called to live in certain ways. Holy and dearly loved people Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God's love makes a difference for me and calls me to compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. The gospel is for me, and it invites me into a certain way of living. Next to my checklist sit other invisible lists of things that hurt in my life and in our city and in our world. Children at the school my kids go to don't have enough food for dinner. Listening to the news while I'm driving back and forth from dropping those kids at school makes me catch my breath. There are powerful people manipulating the world with lies and weapons. There are shootings in our city on streets that I drive on all the time. There are forest fires in some places and floods in other places. Do all things hold together? How can I grasp this hope held out in the gospel? My checklists start to seem frivolous. How can I bake brownies for a school event when there are kids who need actual food for dinner? 
Is compassion and kindness really going to cut it in a world that's falling apart? But that's not the only thing Paul says about Jesus. Remember, the very beginning of our the piece from today is the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Paul tells the Colossians that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is making a difference in them and how they live, but also in the whole world. God reconciles all things to himself, and that makes a difference for the world. We are loved. God is with us. God is reconciling all things. So where does all of this leave us with checklists and Advent? Can I make a better list with time for deep reflection, for Advent candle lighting and stretches of silence? Maybe. Reflection, candles, and silence are good things. Can I make a checklist for the reconciliation of the world? Maybe. I can buy socks for Urban Ministries. I can bring some of the things from my school's food pantry checklist. These might help the hurt of the world just a little. But do I end up with just more lists of things to flip between? Do I end up with more to do, even if these things are spiritual things? Should I take everything off the list? No tree, no gifts, no cookies. (laughs) Seems tempting sometimes. (laughs) Should I just focus on prayer? Should we go and volunteer on Christmas Eve? Maybe. Here's another piece of Paul's message to the Colossians from chapter 2. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Paul is telling the Colossians that there are things to be done, right? He says, you're called to certain things. Your life is different. But those things that need to be done are transformed by the freedom found in Christ. Good news. God is here. You are so, so loved. And now, go and live. It's not that we're free to do whatever we want. Paul is clear that we have certain things God is calling us to. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's the start. You all know that there's more in there that he goes into detail on. But we're also not bound to show off his spirituality, to making a list that says, Advent candles, 30 minutes of deep reflection on the incarnation. Like, this is... I've got it all. This is everything I'm doing. We grow into followers of Jesus through our connection with Jesus. Sometimes this feels frustrating and a little fluffy and ethereal, like, so 
we can do whatever we want just as long as we think Jesus is with us and we're good to go, like, fine. I want something more clear, maybe a little bit more obviously countercultural. And I'm trying to learn slowly that God's love for the world is radical. It sounds really obvious, like the thing that we probably, you know, if we grew up in the church that we learned in Sunday school, that Jesus loves us, and that makes everything different. But that's really big. Jesus, the creator of the world, with a physical body, coming to earth as a person, is really radical. This is a deep, deep love that grows new things. So, good news of great joy. You are so, so loved. God has reconciled himself to all things. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Go bake the brownies. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. Remember to send your potato to school. While you're at it, grab some socks for Urban Ministries. God has reconciled the world and is still at work. I am free to do the things God has called me to do, and maybe they are the things on my checklist. I can't live any old way. God has called me to a new life, but that list grows as God calls it and causes it to grow. So here's your moment for your post-it. <laughs> um, I don't have one. Oh, there's some. Because clearly you probably don't know what to do with a post-it if I don't show you. Um, <laughs> so we're making a buddy list for our lists. And this is where the beauty of post-its comes in, that you can stick it to your list wherever you go. Um, especially if you have the really big one this attaches to it really nicely. Um, so we're making a companion for our checklists. I'm going to bring mine with me. Here's what goes on it. So number one, you are so, so loved. So this is like your little note. When you see it, you think God came to the world as a person, the incarnation, transformation of the world, redemption, all that, because you are loved. Number two, are we ready? How fast are you writing? Number one. I'll go over it again again at the end, too. You are so, so loved. The so, so is important. (laughs) You might need to write kind of small. There's only four, but pace yourself. Okay, number two, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Maybe you want to write one of them. Maybe you want to write them all. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is our little reminder that because of number one, God calls us to live in new ways. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We have stuff to do. Number three, God reconciles all things. This is the reminder that God is at work in the world and all those things that you think, oh my gosh, 
why are we doing this? Why is everything terrible? Why, I don't know. I sit there and drive in the car and listen to the news and think, can we keep going on? I don't know. Everything sounds awful. God is at work in the world and in all of its hurts. We can be part of that. But he's working even if we can't see it. Number four, you are free to make a list. Which is that the reminder that our lives grow in connection to God, not based on a perfect checklist, not based on doing all the right things, but based on God growing, growing us and growing the world. So, okay, you are so, so loved. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God reconciles all things, and you are free to make a list. So those are things from Colossians to think about during Advent. Um, To close, I want to pray the prayer um, from the end of Colossians that Paul prays for us. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Thanks.